Appreciate everybody being out to the house of the Lord tonight. Things going to be just a little bit differently. We're going to go back to the old world style. <laughs> Not unless I got a secret closet piano player ever sitting around here tonight. But uh, we're going to stand up and we'll just sing Amazing Grace. We all know that song very well. I think we can keep a tune good enough as we go along. We'll sing it all the way through. We'll just do it acapoco style, as uh, Barney Fife would always say. We're going to sing acapella tonight. Appreciate your faithfulness, house of the Lord. And uh, be in prayer tonight for uh, Miss Coffee. Brother Coffee uh, sent me a text just a little while ago, so they weren't going to be able to be back tonight. She had some serious pain in her side, and he's got her over to urgent care. So uh, let's make sure we pray for her tonight and uh, many others who were not able to be here as well, a lot of our shut-ins and, and people like that. So let's just uh, keep them in our prayers tonight and uh, continue to remember Pastor and his wife and family as they're away and uh, having vacation. So let's, uh, let's just start out singing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I sing. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed, through many dangers, tolls, and snares, I have already come, tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home when we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amen. Not bad. Not bad. Sign y'all up for the choir next week. <laughs> Appreciate your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. I do apologize for not having handshake time this morning. I skipped right over that, and I know several of you, that's bathroom break time, and uh, I've already, one person already got me good. <laughs> but uh, I 
As soon as I got out this morning, Susan let me know. She said, you forgot to do handshake time. She said, but at least you didn't forget to offer it. I said, that's exactly right. Talking to the pastor, he said the exact same thing. <laughs> but uh, Sorry I did uh, skip over that tonight. But, Brother Eddie Gunner, you mind praying for us tonight, brother? Amen. Brother, why don't y'all go ahead and play something? We'll just have a time of fellowship. Amen. Y'all go ahead and play something for us. Y'all run around, shake hands, say hello to everybody. Have a time of fellowship. Make up for this morning and all that good stuff. Our blessed Redeemer, sing all earth His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory, strength and honor give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. In His arms, He carries them all day long. Praise Him. Excellent greatness, praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. He our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the Crucified. Sound His praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows. Love unbounded, wonderful, deep and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Sound His praises. Redeemer, heavenly portals loud with Hosanna stream. Jesus, Savior, reigneth forever and ever. Crown him, crown him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent
Amen. Get, uh, get a few guys, come on down. We'll get ready to receive this evening's offering. While they're making their way down, don't want to overlook our, our newly engaged couple sitting back here in the back. Brianna and Travis, wave at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pray for them in the days ahead and years to come. Let's sing them on to pray for us. Play something again, Brother Rick. <laughs> Number 23 tonight. Psalm 23 tonight. <clears throat> Maybe we'll get out a few minutes early. We'll see. <laughs> I said maybe. It's a lot of if there. Thank you all for coming back tonight. I mentioned this morning that right as we was getting ready to leave, I wanted to. Uh, start off, a, it's really a two-part series on who's, who's eating at your table. Who's eating at your table tonight? <clears throat> this will be the first part of our two-part series. I'll finish it up Wednesday night. But um, Psalm 23, we know the writer here, our pastor spent a series a while back exactly uh, going verse by verse here in Psalm 23. He wants to read the whole psalm, then we get into the message. David's writing here, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I want to switch over to the uh, wireless here. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verse number 5 will be our text tonight. So thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Heavenly Father, help us now as we look into your word. God, I pray, Lord, you'll open up our minds, open up our hearts. Lord, help us to be receptive to your word. Father, move me out of the way. Use me once again, Lord, as your mouthpiece. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here. God, I pray, Lord, you'd bless your word. God, I just pray right now over Miss Coffee. God, as you would be with her. God, you know the need there. You know exactly what's going on in her body. Father, the pain that is there. God, help the doctors to have the wisdom on exactly how to handle the situation. God, I pray, Lord, it'll just be nothing. Just be some little weird incident. But God, if it is something, Lord, we know that you're in control of everything. God, help, help them now. Be with Brother Coffee, Lord, as he's watching after his wife. Be with our pastor and family, Lord, as they're on vacation. Father, give them a good time. Keep them safe. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. David, David, the writer of Psalm 23, is just a young shepherd boy as he is penning these words. Oftentimes when we think of David and his name is mentioned, we, we, our minds will quickly go to the story of David and Goliath. It's one of the most famous instances within the Word of God when you're mentioning his name. In the story of David and Goliath, if you were to study it uh, throughout, Jesus, Jesus in that story is David. It's ironic or it's very interesting that you would find that the giant Goliath was taken down by a shepherd boy named David. It's interesting to find out through the word in the scriptures many times, Jesus describes himself as our shepherd. In verse number 5, Jesus says he will prepare a table for us in the presence of our, in, in the presence of our enemies, not in the absence of our foes. That's the very opposite of what we, would, what we would kind of think or what we would want it to be. The very opposite of what we would expect it to be. We would pray, God, get me out of this valley of Elah, and, get, and, and yet God is keeping us there, and he is sending us a shepherd to deliver us right in the middle of the valley. Verse number 5, David writes, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Right in the midst of the battle, while the pressure is getting harder, while the darkness is closing in, while our giants are standing there and tormenting us and taunting us, Jesus wants to show us that he can provide everything we need to survive and successfully navigate the journey through the darkest valley. If we could have some kind of input into Psalm 23, it may have went something like this. Thou preparest a table before me in your presence. It's natural for us to quickly look for an escape route, to find the escape button, to hit the eject button, get us out of here, get me out of this furnace as quick as possible. But God doesn't promise to zap us out of the hardship, the trial, or the challenge, but he does promise that he will guide us through it. He promises something even better than that, right in the middle of our enemies, right in the middle of a hardship, right in the middle of a trial, right in the middle of a tragedy, right in the middle of being persecuted, right in the middle of what is threatening us, our shepherd begins to spread out provision for us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Our shepherd spreads out provision for us. It's a table for two. There's one for you, one for God. One for you, one for God. Don't forget that. I want you to also understand tonight that our enemy doesn't play fair. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Notice, he is not actually a lion. He just likes to run around and roar a whole lot. He likes to make a lot of racket. He's not an actual lion. He wants to make you feel hopeless and helpless. The devil wants, to give, wants you to give in to temptation and believe that things will never change. But we all know the devil is, is one of the is one who has already been defeated. In fact, Jesus, if you, in Scripture, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
The devil's not the lion. He walks around like a lion, roaring and making a bunch of noise. But Jesus is the real lion. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. His roar rules nations. His voice, it shatters the enemy. But for the moment, for a little while, the spiritual battle rages here on this planet. And Satan, Satan goes around and he prowls and he roars and he looks for a crack or a little crevice where he can slither his little slick body into. He loves to mess with our minds and our situations. The devil doesn't play fair. He doesn't stand up and want to fight you face to face. No, he'll get in here and start working around. He'll mess with your mind. All he needs is a little crack, a little crevice. You give him an inch, he becomes a ruler. He's looking for that little crevice to get in. If we don't stop him, he'll be sitting at our table. He'll be sitting at our table. The devil's a trickster. He's a deceiver. And he's sitting at your table. And if he is sitting at your table, then he is probably telling you that God's, God's not good and you can't trust him. He begins playing with your mind. He likes to play those mind games. He likes to trick us. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. The devil undermined the character of God and had Eve thinking that she was missing out on something. God was withholding something from her. And he tricked her into taking of that fruit, that forbidden fruit. You know, in the midst of the battle is when the enemy begins to whisper in your ear. If God is so good, then... Why are you having to go through this pain? Why are you having to go through this trial? Why is it making you go through this situation if God is so good? We all need to understand tonight that pain is universal. Everybody feels pain. And pain is always valid to the person that's feeling it. Somebody might be going through something and say, man, man, it really hurts. I'm in some pain. And another person might be looking at it and say, man, you're just a wimp. Until you're going through that pain and you feel it. And you're like, man, this is real pain. I understand what you was going through. But pain is universal. And as pain would have it, we often don't respond to logic properly when we become subject, when we become subject to pain. We don't, oftentimes we don't respond to logic very well. We become subject to the lies of the enemy sitting in our midst. Psalms 23.5 once again says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. We need to decide not tonight that the devil is our enemy. And he's not getting a seat at our table. You need to make that in your mind tonight so you're not getting a seat at my table. Jesus said in Psalm 23, verse number 5, he said, he said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. When God's preparing a table, it's a table for two. One for him and one for you. And it's right in the midst of your storm. It's right in the midst of your trial. And he's setting he's sitting out a spread, and that spread will give us everything that we need in order to get through this trial. You need to decide right now, tonight, that the devil's not getting a seat at your table. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, we get to divide, we get to decide who joins us for that special meal and who gets to be a part of that special fellowship. When God spreads out that table, all I can say is you better put your bib on and pull your chair on up because you're about to have a feast. It's not just any old feast, it'll be a royal feast. He'll give us exactly what we need at the time we need it. And look at the devil and say, mm, nah, you ain't getting a seat here. You're not allowed here. How do we know tonight if the, devil, if, if the enemy, the devil, is at your table? Four things I want to share with us in this first part of the series. How to know if the enemy is at your table. Number one tonight, if the enemy is at your table, then you're thinking you're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Psalm 23 says the table, he prepares the table in the presence of your enemy. It didn't say that he prepared it in the absence of your enemy. It's right there in front of all your enemies when you're surrounded on all sides. 
Jesus just slides right on in, whips out the table, puts the cloth out, and he spreads out a spread. He prepares the table for us in the presence of our enemies, not in the absence. If this table is in the presence, then the enemy is all around us. So the devil can, squick, can quickly spin a situation around on us. Then he starts to mess with you and he begins to make little comments in your ears like, you're not going to make it. This is it. This, this ain't going to end very well for you. This is going to be the end of it. You'll, you'll never win this fight. You're done. It's over with. Here's when we need to focus on God's word and let the shepherd speak to us here. Notice David wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now when you read that quickly, it goes by kind of fast. He says, but yea, though I walk through. He didn't say yea when I sit down in the middle of my valley. He said, yea, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walking through means you're going somewhere. And you're going to get there eventually. And while we're walking there as God's children, the shepherd is leading us. The shepherd is leading us. Might, might, might not be a joyous occasion. Might not be a fun trial to go through. Might not be a great experience. But he said, I am preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Jesus is guiding us through. He knew his, David knew that his future was not stuck in the middle of the valley. But that his shepherd would lead him safely through to the other side. On the other side, as, as Psalm 23 describes it there in the very beginning, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. On the other side of that valley is green pastures. On the other side of that valley is still waters. On the other side of that valley is rest for your soul. So thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right in the midst of trouble was a table with all the provision needed to get through. Whatever it may have been, said thou preparest a table before me. You may be thinking that you're going to die in this dry, barren place. And if you think that, I want to challenge us and encourage us all tonight. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Number two tonight, if the enemy is at your table, then you think that there is something better at another table. If the enemy's sitting at your table tonight, then you're thinking that there's something better at somebody else's table. The old enemy comes in, the devil comes in and tempts us with thoughts like these. Hey, look over there. Boy, the party, the party is really going on over there at that other table. It's far more fun over there. You're getting a raw deal over here. Being at a different table will make you feel better. This table right here ain't good for you. God left you in this dark valley. Ditch him. Do whatever you want. You need to understand tonight that Satan is after God's glory. Satan's after God's glory. It's when we go through a fiery trial that we come forth like gold, and that's when God gets his glory. Job 23 and verse number 10 says, But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When we go through a trial, it's just not about suffering and persecution and going through hard times, but it's, it's coming through and God getting the glory of how he brought us through a situation. Satan wants that glory. Satan don't like it when God gets the glory. He refuses to give honor to the Lord. And he will deceive anyone he can in an effort to strike at the very heart of God. He's trying at everything he's got to strike at the heart of God. He knows he can't get him personally, but if he can hurt his children. None of us in here that are parents like to see our children hurt. It hurts us. 
Same way with God. He's not just out to get us, but he's also out to tarnish God's glory as well. He doesn't want God getting any glory. When Satan was in heaven and he was the, that angel there in heaven, he wanted to be just like God. He wanted that glory. He wanted God's honor. He wanted to be like the Most High. He got kicked out of heaven. We are God's prized possession with an extraordinary purpose and promise. If Satan can gash our heart, then he can break the heart of God as well. I want you to understand tonight, if we're tempted to bail on the shepherd, I encourage you, don't give the enemy a place at your table. Don't give the enemy a place at your table. He's, he doesn't have a seat there. It's a table for two. One for you, one for God. If the enemy is at your table, number three tonight, then you don't feel like you're good enough for God. You don't feel like you're good enough for God. Here's more lies from the devil. You don't matter. You never mattered to anyone. God doesn't care about you. You don't deserve to be at a table with God. You're too far away from God. God's finished with you. There's no way back. More lies from the devils. Lies, 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 and lies. In the context of Psalm 23, that word table means a feast. Who gets invited to the feast in Bible days? Important people. They were the only ones who were able to afford to have a feast was the important people. Who do important people invite to the table, to the feast? Other important people. That's interesting. Interesting. So when God prepares a table for you, or when God prepares a table for me, that, that means He puts on the deluxe spread. We ain't talking about just a bologna sandwich. I mean, He's going to spread it all out there. We're going to have a feast. It's going to be steak, potatoes, salad, all the extra trimmings. There'll be all kind of desserts there and a big old tall glass of Coke to wash it down with. And it'll burn all the way down. That's when you know you got a good one. You know Coke only burns all the way down when it's ice cold. It's got to be ice cold. Anyway, that's a side note. But at that deluxe spread, everything you need to survive spiritually, mentally, and emotionally is there. It's there. He invites you because He cares for you. He invites you because He has already given you everything. If you don't think you matter, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse number 11, He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth His life for the sheep. You know, feelings will tell us that we don't matter. We get our feelings hurt. Somebody said something. Somebody done us wrong, our feelings get hurt, and all of a sudden the old devil will slip in there. He got that little crack, that little crevice to, to sneak his way in there. Now he's whispering in the ear, you don't matter. I don't care about you. You don't matter to anybody. You ain't no good. God's done with you. You're never going to accomplish anything. Feelings will tell us that we don't matter. But the cross disrupts that thought with the greatest display of worth that we'll ever receive. When Jesus was on the cross, as the song says, we were on his mind. We're pretty valuable. If Jesus was willing to leave heaven, come down to earth for 33 and a half years, go to the old rugged cross, and die there for your sins and mine, I think we're pretty valuable. We're not invisible. To God, we're seen as a very treasured gift. If you think differently than that, then I encourage you to quit giving the devil a seat at your table tonight. Don't let him play your mind games and mind tricks with you. 
We matter and we matter to God. If the enemy, number four tonight, if the enemy is at your table, then we begin to think that everyone is out to get us. Everyone's out to get us. You understand tonight? Um, let me read a verse of scripture to you in John in chapter number eight. John chapter number eight. You ever been there? Felt like everybody was out to get you? John chapter 8, verse number 44 says, you are, the you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil's the father of lies. He likes to trick us. He likes to play mind games. He likes, us to make, he likes to make us think things that aren't so. If he's sitting at your table tonight, then he's going to make you think that everyone's out to get you. He'll tell you things like this, no one likes you. Everyone is against you. Everyone's talking about you. They're all sitting over there scheming on you. They're trying to make up things on you. You better watch your back. You better watch your back. Think about this. Here's a question for us all. If the good shepherd leads us, and according to Psalm 23, when you get toward the end, it says, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. If the good shepherd leads us, and if goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life, then why would we as sheep feel the need to watch our back? Surely goodness, I mean everywhere I go. If I turn around, surely goodness and mercy is following me everywhere I go, no matter where I go. The Savior's leading me, he's out in front, I'm walking behind him, and behind me, guarding my back, and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the devil who gets into our minds and begins to tell us, hey, everybody down at that church hates you. Do what? Yeah, they don't like you anymore. And if we, if we give him just a little inch, a little centimeter of hope there, and believe that lie, and he pulls up to that table with us, then guess what? Paranoia will begin, begin to set in. And every time somebody looks at you, you say, man, they don't like me. And I mean, it could have just been a friendly look. A glance becomes something that, man, they hate me. That paranoia begins to set in. All of a sudden, every time we turn around, we're thinking everybody's out to get us. That kind of thinking doesn't come from a good shepherd, but from the enemy who is camped out at our table. Paranoia bred by the enemy creates defensive posture, believing that everyone is out to get us. Soon it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy as we mistrust and attack everyone around us. We become impossible to be around. Why? Because we've gotten paranoid. Everybody that says anything is out to get me. I better get them before they get me. We think, we think then, then, the, then the paranoia sets in and simple looks become a glance. Did you see how they looked at me? Did you see? I mean, they're out to get me. I just know it. I don't trust them or nobody else anymore. then we find ourselves on a downward spiral that's completely contrary to the gospel of grace. It's that grace that empowers us to love our real enemies and turn the other cheek. That's the grace of God. Love your enemies, turn the other cheek. The devil will tell us a bunch of lies, we'll get paranoid and think everybody's out to get us. I don't love nobody, I hate everybody now. That's no way to be as a child of God. Why would we turn the other cheek? Because we're sitting at the table with the creator of the world. We're sitting at the table in the presence of our enemies with God, the creator of the universe. 
He has prepared a spread out for us in the presence of our enemies. Even if everyone was against us, and they're not, but even if everyone was against us, Christ prepares that table for us. And and He provides all that we need to make it through the season of life, thriving right in the line of their sight. He didn't say that He was going to prepare that table over in the corner somewhere all by ourselves. He didn't say He was going to prepare that table for us right in His presence. He said, I'm preparing that table before you right in the middle, smack dab in the middle, the presence of your enemies. It's just me and you. Nobody else is invited. And you can sit down and you can lick your chops say what y'all think about that. (laughs) Don't give the enemy a seat at your table that God has prepared for you. God wants us to focus less on those surrounding us or more and more focus on who's sitting at the table with us. That's what he wants us to focus on. His presence at the table is greater than the presence of any enemy that surrounds us. God has our backs. If you feel like you're in a fight against people, people that you know, people that you love and fellowship with, if you feel like you're in a fight against people like that, man, I encourage you tonight. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Let's all stand together tonight. Let's not give them a seat at our table. When we're going through trials and, and troubles, we can rest assured that that table's coming. That table's coming right in the middle of it. Don't let the devil trick you. Don't give him a seat at your table. Say, this seat's just for me and God, and we're going to fellowship, and he's going to get me through it. And I'm going to come out on the other side shining a whole lot brighter than I was when I went in. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for a time to be in your house tonight. Father, a lot of people in our church are going through things, Lord, and we pray once again for Miss Lisa Coffee tonight, Lord, that I pray, God, you'd touch her body right now. God, give her peace, give her comfort. Lord, give Brother Robert peace as well. God, I pray, Lord, you keep her safe. Protect her tonight, Lord. You're the great physician. God, we pray for others, Lord. And pray for, I thank Brother Robert Turner tonight. God, you continue to touch his body, help him heal. Thank you for Miss Vicky, Lord, and how you've brought him as far as you have so far. And God, we know you're going to lead him safely through. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. I thank you for the faithfulness of your people to be here. God, I pray, Lord, you bless this place. Be with our pastor and his family, God, as they're out of way on vacation, Lord. I pray, God, you give them a good week's rest and just give them a safe time and fun time, Lord, as they're away from us. And God, I pray, Lord, you begin to touch his heart on a message for Sunday. God, that you would just speak through him, Lord, to our hearts. God, we pray for the upcoming week here at our church, Lord, the closing of Awanas, God, this year. And God, I pray for a good service on Wednesday night as well. God, keep us safe, Lord, as we travel our separate ways. Father, we thank you tonight for Jesus, and we love you, Lord, because you first loved us. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Y'all have a good night.